What I'm sharing with you, I've entitled Expectancy for Revival. Would you say that with me? Expectancy for Revival. And I'd like to read to you from Psalm 85. Would you please turn there in your Bible? Psalm 85, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. I love the way it's rendered there. But you can follow in whatever translation you have. Now, interestingly, this psalm is entitled, A Prayer of Revival. Did you know that? A psalm with the title, A Prayer of Revival. How appropriate for what we are busy with now and for the sense of stirring that we have in our hearts from the Lord. Psalm 85, we're going to read from 6 to 12 in the NLT. And it says this, won't you revive us again? Now let's just pause there. Let's just sink in a little bit. This is the prayer of the psalmist unto God. And the psalmist is saying, won't you revive us again? Won't you revive us again? Is that perhaps the prayer of your heart? Won't you revive us again? And then it says, so your people can rejoice in you. You know, when revival takes place, there's greater rejoicing. There's greater joy. There's even sometimes holy laughter, which not everybody understands but it's because of a rejoicing in God. Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Verse seven, show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying, for he speaks peace to his faithful people, but let them not return to their foolish ways. I think of recently how we burnt all those things related to the occult and false religion in both those morning services at the beginning of August. And I think of this, this word here, but let them not return to their foolish ways. Verse nine, surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. So our land will be filled with his glory, unfailing love and truth have met, righteousness and peace have kissed. Verse 11, truth springs up from the earth and righteousness smiles down from heaven. Yes, the Lord pours down his blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful harvest. And I'm gonna stop there, but do you say amen to the reading of God's words? Good. Now this psalm, Essentially, it speaks of revival. Everybody say revival. revival. It speaks of revival. And as I look at the different parts, there's first this cry, won't you revive us again so that we can rejoice? But then there's another few little phrases here that I find interesting. The one is in verse nine, the end of it, verse nine, it says, so our land will be filled with his glory. This is for South Africa. So our land, South Africa, will be filled with his glory. Let faith arise as a result of the word of God. And then verse 11 says, truth springs up from the earth. How many of you agree that in our nation we need truth to be springing up right now? What's interesting is Dr. Keenan Bridges, when he preached a couple of weeks back in our church, 
one of the things that he said in the prophecy that he had released beforehand concerning South Africa, he said, the time of manipulation and deception has come to an end. Now that is very interesting. There's been so much deception in our nation, so much manipulation, and he was prophesying that that time has come to an end, and it confirms it here. It says, truth springs up from the earth, and righteousness smiles down from the heavens. Righteousness becomes more prevalent in times of revival, and then it also says, yes, the Lord pours down his blessings. In times of revival, we should expect a greater outpouring of blessing. I wanna tell you, my life, my family's life, my brother's life, my parents' life, through the Toronto blessing, was mightily impacted by God. Why was it called the Toronto blessing? Because so many blessings were just being poured out at that time. And some people were critical of that revival. I wanna say, be careful when you speak against the things of God. Because yes, there may have been some flesh here and there, but on the whole, there was a pure work of God and God caused an awakening around the world. Praise God. And so when you look at the essence of Psalm 85, it is this phrase, revive us again. Would you please say that together with me? Revive us again. Now, would you say it as a prayer to God? Here we go. Revive us again. One more time. Lord, revive us again. And God hears the very things that we say right now. Revive us again. And that is exactly what God is doing in our country right now. I wanna say this boldly and clearly, South Africa, this is your time in the name of Jesus. And I wanna say to you, South Africa, this is the hour of your visitation. You know, it's interesting. Jesus, he wept over the city of Jerusalem and he said, if only you had known the hour of your visitation. You know what that tells me? It tells me that God can be visiting your city and you don't even know it. God can be visiting your school. God can be visiting our city, Pretoria, and we don't even know it. That's why we need to have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Don't be dull of hearing, child of God. Imagine that, God's visiting your city and you don't even know it. That's why we have to declare so that everyone becomes awakened to this fact that South Africa, this is your time. And it says in Isaiah 43 verse 19, it says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So new thing, springing forth, rivers in the desert. Let expectation arise in this place. Won't you nudge the person next to you and say, get expectant. Come on, do that. Tell them, get expectant. And excited. Thank you for helping the pastor with some extra information there. Thank you. Now, there are three things that I'd like to highlight around expectancy for revival. Number one, there is a new spiritual hunger arising. Some of you got that. 
There is a new spiritual hunger arising. Please say this with me. There is a new spiritual hunger arising. Now, if you tune in to what is happening spiritually, you will quickly realize that the level of spiritual hunger right now is busy rising in our church, in the city, and in the nation. And you say, John, well, on what basis do you sort of say that? What do you sense? What do you see? And so on. Well, I'm aware of it as I firstly read the spiritual season. And you and I, we can read the spiritual seasons. The sons of Issachar were known as those that could read the times and the seasons in what God was doing. And so we are not spiritually dead. You and I are spiritually alive to God. The Bible says that we should all desire prophecy, and prophecy is also sensing what God is doing. So I want to say to you that I'm aware of a deeper spiritual hunger as I read the spiritual season. I'm also aware of hunger as I engage with other pastors. I'm aware of hunger as I look across you as the congregation. As I look across you, I'm seeing more people that are engaging more from the heart in worship. I see more passionate worship, more deep, like longing kind of worship. I, look, I see it as I look across you, people of God, and it's wonderful. Imagine how that blesses the heart of the Father. Also, one or two practical things that I've noticed that make me realize there is greater hunger is that our recent ladies' worship evening, we had a 50% higher turnout than ever before in any ladies' worship evening ever before. We didn't advertise it any better or do anything like that. Why did so many more ladies come? It's because they're hungry for God and they're looking for opportunities. That's why I also think this coming Wednesday with the midweek worship, I think there's gonna be a lot of people coming because there's a hunger. Another thing I think of is that uh, our recent Catch the Fire course, which started this past uh, Tuesday night, um, we had an exceptional response of over 280 people that signed up for that course to catch the fire. Can we thank God for that? We thank the Lord. I understand that somebody had tried to sort of get that course going about a year or 18 months ago and could only seemingly get one or two people to sign up, but now, because of the hunger and the right timing of God, everybody's signing up. You know what? The Bible says my people will be willing in the day of my power. When there's a time of God's power and a time of God's moving, all of a sudden there's a greater willingness, there's a greater hunger. It's wonderful to see. Let me say, folks, spiritual hunger is so important. We should not allow complacency within our lives. We should not allow a lack of hunger in our lives. And it says in Matthew 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger. We're talking about a rising of spiritual hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So I ask you, who are the ones who are going to be filled? The ones who hunger and thirst. I need to tell you that if there's zero hunger within you, that you need to realize you're not gonna be filled. 
But if there's zero hunger, you get before God and say, God, I repent of this lack of fervor in my spirit. And I just ask you, Lord, do a work in me, but I choose hunger, and I ask you to work it supernaturally by your spirit within me, because the hungry ones will be filled. I want to ask you this question today. Are you becoming more hungry for the presence of God of late? You see, the environment of hunger is busy increasing, but hunger still remains a personal choice. There can be a lot of hungry people around you, but as for yourself, there's no significant hunger. It still remains a choice to lean forward, to desire, to seek, to pursue. It remains your personal choice. David wrote about his insatiable hunger in Psalm 63 verse 1. And King David said this, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. Now, does that sound like a hungry man? I earnestly search for you. The older translations used to say this, Early will I seek you. You know, when somebody's up early seeking the, seeking the Lord, it shows you that there's a, there's a passion. <laughs> And so, yeah, David says, I earnestly search for you. And then he says, my soul thirsts for you. And then he goes on, he says, my whole body longs. Is that hunger? Yeah. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. And so, this is such a beautiful psalm of longing. And I want to encourage you, would you let David's words inspire you today? Let what he is saying, let it spur you on. Let it not make you feel like, oh, I'm not hungry enough, but just say, wow, God, if you did it for David, you can do it for me. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. And it says in, um, I didn't read this one from Jeremiah 29, 13, did I? No. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and will find me when you seek for me with all your heart. Would you say all your heart? You see, spiritual hunger is about desiring God with all your heart. God's a jealous God. I want to tell you, he wants all of you. And it's the best thing in life that you can do to surrender yourself completely to God. And so I want to encourage you, let us be hungry. Let us be hungry for the word of God. Let us be hungry for prayer. Let us be hungry for God's presence. And listen to this. Let us be hungry for church. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. There's too many people that are too comfortable watching online. I want to tell you, get into church. There's nothing like the corporate presence of God in this place. Come on. Come on. Let us be hungry for church. Patricia King is a lady who's a prophetic lady. She's also somebody who's something of a revivalist. She says the following. She says, one key to revival is when the hungry cry out for more of Jesus. That's very beautiful. So take note of the precondition, a state of hunger. A state of hunger is a precondition. It's a prerequisite to experiencing more of God. But would you also notice that we don't seek revival for revival's sake, but we seek revival to experience 
more of Jesus. You've got to realize this. Revival must never become idolized, like we idolize revival. No, revival is the means to the end, and the end is Jesus and His glory and His manifested presence. So that's why we want revival, because we want more of Jesus. Listen to the statement, revival is about a greater revelation of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. Now let me say this, here's the wonderful thing concerning hunger is that when we desire and hunger after more of God, He will always satisfy you. He's never gonna leave you hanging. It says in Psalm 107 verse nine, it says, for He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Praise God, He's never gonna leave you hanging. As you draw near to God, He guarantees to reciprocate. As you hunger and thirst after righteousness, he guarantees that I will fill you. And so this is why hunger is so important because we are definitely gonna see re the results uh, of being satisfied. Can I get an amen? amen? Number two, worship will be a key element in this revival. Please say this out aloud with me. Worship will be a key element in this revival. On July this year, July the 12th, 2022, God stirred a prophetic word. At that point in time, we didn't even know this man, Dr. Keenan Bridges, a pastor from Tampa, Florida. God stirred a word in his heart, a prophetic word concerning revival and spiritual awakening for South Africa. That was it, revival and awakening. Now, please allow me to read an extract from that prophecy, but would you listen out for the emphasis on worship in this prophetic word? It occurs four times. This is what the prophetic word read as follows, just a, a core part of it. It says, there's going to be an awakening. This is the prophecy. And listen to this. A great exodus out of traditional belief systems, ancestral worship, animism, and there's gonna be a hunger and thirst after righteousness. The Lord is saying that he is going to highlight South Africa as a hub of worship. Worship important in this revival. In fact, South Africa will be known as an oasis of revival. It will be a place where people will go to be charged and trained. Before, it was a case of South Africa going abroad to catch the fire. Now is gonna be the time where many will come from the north, south, east, and west and be imparted to. Something is shaking in South Africa. Listen to this. A sound of worship. Everybody say worship. A sound of worship will be released from South Africa, similar to the Hillsong movement in Australia. This sound of worship will bring unity and revival to the land. And then he also added, the Lord speaking, I'm about to restore hope, truth, and love, and the, as the worship goes forth, it shall be a healing to the nation. Now, come on, let us thank the Lord for this prophetic word. As the worship goes forth, it shall be a healing, a hub of worship from South Africa. 
And so this is a powerful word, and we declare corporately, we receive that word in the name of Jesus. And it's just so amazing that it was just a month later that there, Dr. Keenan Bridges would be here in our pulpit ministry. And I thought to myself, isn't that perhaps a little indicator from God that this church, this congregation, will have an important role to play in the country with regards to revival and speaking and declaring revival? Praise God. So there is that emphasis of worship in that prophetic word and let us hear and respond. Now, it shouldn't surprise us, listen to this, that God is reviving worship across our nation and across even the, even the world because the enemy attempted to silence the worship of the church during COVID. And when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. <laughs> and so you need to realize the enemy overplayed his hand and he thought he's gonna destroy worship in this nation and around the world. I wanna tell you, it is backfiring on the enemy and now a massive revival of spirit-filled worship is beginning to arise in the nation of South Africa and we say, hallelujah, do it, Lord. Do it according to your plan. Do it according to your purpose, Lord. Now, just something I wanna recap on, which I, I said in the early part of COVID. You know, when COVID initially started, we didn't know what was going on. We're trying to make head or tail of it, and what is this, and is this just a natural thing, or is it the enemy behind it, or what of that? And so, in the early days of COVID, I made the following statement. I said this, the enemy specifically tried to hinder the worship of the church. And isn't that so true? You see, what we need to understand is Lucifer has always desired worship. And if he can't get people to worship him, then he will try to stop God's children from worshiping Jesus. The devil is trying to get a hold of worship. And coronavirus certainly hindered that I mean, let's face it, for months and months, the church could not gather properly. There were some places overseas, particularly in the UK, where singing in public was officially banned. I mean, that is just nuts. It's like the world went nuts. What happened to the world? I don't understand. And so crazy things were going on. And some people were saying, it's right. Be careful when you agree with the strategy of the devil. But... In heaven, Lucifer was apparently in charge of worship and all sorts of sounds came out of him, but then he became proud and he wanted the worship for himself, therefore he was cast out of heaven. But you know what? Still later on, he hadn't given up on trying to get worship because now in the wilderness, many years later, he's trying to tempt Jesus to get down on Jesus' knees before him and worship him. That just has to tell you something. It has to tell you how powerful the worship is of the King of Kings, if the devil so desperately wants to steal it. But I wanna say to you, don't ever give the enemy what he wants. Don't ever give him what he wants. Never let him silence your worship of King Jesus. Never let him silence your worship of the King of Kings. Come on, you can put your hands together for that. Never let him stop your worship. Even when it's going tough, you know what? It was going tough for Paul and Silas, 
and they said, it's time to sing. I don't know what song they sang. Probably it was Ancient of Days, I don't know. <laughs> and they began to sing and to praise God, and breakthrough came as a result. Never let him silence your worship of King Jesus. I'm also thinking of Sean Foyt. Amazing that also, besides for Dr. Keenan Bridges, we had Sean Foyt, undoubtedly a revivalist with us not so long ago. But there in America, when they were trying to shut down worship, God raised up a man called Sean Foyt, and he began to have worship events across America, even in the middle of COVID. He refused to be shut down, and they worshiped God with great boldness, and there they would go to town and city and city after city after city and go into their open squares and they would have thousands of people coming to worship God because something within that man, Sean Foyt, realized something is wrong. The devil is not gonna steal our worship. And so he led boldly in that time. And I wanna tell you, worship is the greatest form of spiritual warfare. John 4, verse 23, Jesus said, for the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers, that's you, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. And I believe, listen to this, that this verse is being fulfilled now in this day and age like never ever before and will be increasingly so because there's gonna be worship as a major component of this revival. But I wanna remind you, child of God, you are a worshiper, you are a worshiper, you are a worshiper. Now, please tell the person next to you, tell them you are a worshiper. <laughs> tell them that. You were born to worship. You were born for this. You were made to worship God. And you see, when worship is lacking in our lives, there's a gaping hole. There's something missing when we're not worshiping. But when worship is front and center in our lives, you know what happens? There is deep fulfillment in our lives, as well as there is spiritual connection with the Father because we, you and I were made to worship. And so, as the song says, let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. Number three is my final point I'd like to share with you. Prayer will also play a critical role in this revival. Please say this with me. Prayer will also play a critical role in this revival. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Say it again. Now, we know, based on history, if you look at the revivals and study the revivals of the past, that prayer has always played a significant role in revivals, and I believe it will be just the same in this move of God. So, by the way, just get ready to pray a whole lot more. I doubt that there has ever been a revival where there has been a scarcity of prayer. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> and this is because God works through prayer. He begins to awaken people. Those people begin to pray, and he moves as a result of that. And then more people are getting awakened. And then prayer rises, and then God moves as a result of that prayer. 
So part of the revival fire is prayer because it causes the things and purposes of God to be released and to be manifested. And so God works through prayer. Now, I'd like to read to you a few extracts relating to prayer that come from the Welsh revival. I'd just like to thank Pastor Bruce for this because uh, he had been reading two or three books on revival and and some of the key little, little phrases and small little paragraphs that stood out for him, he began to write that in a journal. And about, uh, I don't know, two and a half months ago, he gave me a copy of a whole bunch of his pages. And I just began to read that. Thank you very much, Bruce. <clears throat> Can I have a little bit more level on my mic? And so these are a few extracts regarding prayer. Remember we saying prayer is important in revival? Well, listen to how important prayer was in the Welsh revival. I'm gonna read a couple of these little statements and phrases. The first one, a woman slipped to her knees, breaking forth in such passionate prayer as I had scarcely ever known. Words poured from her lips. The power of God had overwhelmed her and she was overcoming. All shyness, timidity, frailty, and human weakness had vanished. And everybody seemed to be affected by this prayer. For all were engaging in intercession without hindrance. One person with a yearning for communion with God had mightily moved this congregation heavenward. It's amazing, one person in a meeting beginning to get a hold of God and beginning to pray, it can unlock heaven. Another one, little children had their own prayer meetings and witness boldly to even the most hardened sinners. Another one, the main focus of the prayer in the revival was always the lost. It seemed like every Christian in Wales erupted simultaneously with a burning agony for the lost. Another one, this is slightly longer. It was praying that rent the heavens. Praying that received direct answers then and there. The spirit of intercession was so mightily poured out on the whole congregation that the whole congregation would take part simultaneously for hours of prayer. Strangers were startled to hear young and poorly educated people pray with such unction and intelligence as they were swept up to the throne of grace by the Spirit of God. Answered prayers were demonstrated before their very eyes. Often, when unsaved loved ones were the focus of the intercession, those unsaved loved ones were compelled to come to the very meeting and be saved right then and there. Wow, amazing. Another one, when believers understood that God really did hear their prayers, Prayer quickly rose to the highest priority in their lives, and they prayed with more faith and then began to see answers even quicker. Are you enjoying this? Are you enjoying this? Now, just two more of these. Prayer meetings that had been a drudgery before became the main attraction. Meetings swelled until overflowing, both with people and with the anointing. Meetings 
that were expected to be regular church services became prayer meetings as it became the first nature of everyone to pray. Now, I just wanna stop before I read the last one. I believe in our congregation, in our times of worship, that we need to be open if God suddenly stirs the spirit of prayer and intercession that we will pray until that burden lifts. Is anybody with me? Come on, come on, come on. If they could do it for even hours, we can push a lot further than we have pushed before. So I wanna say, be expectant. Be ready to do some more praying in church. We are a praying people. And then the last one, spontaneous prayer meetings started in shops, homes, and there were even cases where factories shut down so that the workers could pray. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. I wanna say God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that is at work within you, the power of His Spirit. And when I read stories like this and I see the importance of prayer, I just say, wow, wow, wow. May the tide of prayer rise in our nation, we ask in the name of Jesus. Now, may I invite you to stand with me, please. Let's stand together. Lastly, what I'd like to do is I'd like to read to you a prayer. This is a prayer by Evan Roberts. And by the way, listen to me, young people. Evan Roberts, he was only, I believe, 25 years old when he was mightily used by the Spirit of God. Some of his team were younger, 21, 20. There were children involved in running prayer meetings. Don't think that it's only when you get to a certain age that God can use you. <laughs> Young person, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Let me tell you, Timothy, at the age of 17, was pastoring five churches. That's a fact. They may not have been massive churches, maybe churches of 10 or 12, 15 people, but I wanna tell you, younger generation, you better get ready for what God wants to do. Now, listen to this prayer that Evan Roberts prayed often during the Welsh Revival. I'm gonna read this prayer over you, but then, once you've just heard it, then I'm gonna ask that we're gonna pray in the Spirit, and then I'm gonna declare one line at a time. It's just four lines every, every uh, 10 or 12 seconds. Here's the prayer that was prayed in the Welsh Revival. Send the Spirit now for Jesus Christ's sake. The second line. Send the Spirit powerfully now for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit more powerfully now for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit still more powerfully now for Jesus Christ's sake. Let there be a stirring across this place in the name of Jesus. Now, begin to pray out in your heavenly language, out aloud now, begin to pray.
Lift your voice a little bit. Let there be a buzz, a real buzz. Let this be like a beehive of prayer. Pray with the fervency of spirit. Now you keep on praying. Don't stop. And over your prayers, I'm going to declare this nicely and audibly. And we declare this prayer, Lord. We say, send the spirit now for Jesus Christ's sake. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Send the Spirit powerfully now for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit more powerfully now for Jesus Christ's sake. And the last line, don't stop praying, don't stop praying. Send the Spirit still more powerfully now for Jesus Christ's sake. Come on, go to ahead. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Send your Spirit, Lord. Now you just lift up your hands and you just receive from the Lord. Keep on praying in your heavenly language. Oh, this is so important, child of God. This is so important. Your prayers are mattering now. They matter. Your prayers matter. Your prayers matter. Your prayers matter. Pour out your glory, Lord. Pour out your glory in this place. We receive from you, Lord. We receive from you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your love, Father. You deserve the glory. You deserve the glory. You deserve the glory.
Let's just stop that music for a moment. Just stop that music. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else. Lift your hands. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no... Sing it again. For you are, for you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you, there is no one else like you, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Lord, I bless your people. We say that we are so grateful. Our hearts are literally overflowing with what you've done here today. Keep moving, Holy Spirit. Keep coming, Holy Spirit. Keep working in the nation of South Africa. And we declare, South Africa, this is your time. Say that with me. South Africa, this is your time. Now give the Lord a hand of praise. Somebody say hallelujah. Woo! God bless you. You're free to go. And have a wonderful Sunday.